Warning, violence and the supernatural. This podcast may be inappropriate for young listeners. The fictional world of rifts is violent, deadly and filled with supernatural monsters. Other dimensional beings, often referred to as demons, torment, stalk and prey on humans. Other alien life forms, monsters, gods and demigods, as well as magic, insanity and the supernatural, are all elements in this podcast. The fictional continent of Rifts Atlantis is a place ruled by monsters. Their customs, magic, technology and practices are evil, violent and monstrous. Some parents may find the violence and supernatural elements of the podcast inappropriate for young listeners. We suggest parental discretion. All right, not really. There's never any inappropriate content in this podcast. I just used to love those old palladium disclaimers. Having read it out, I reckon they'll probably send the lawyers after me now. (laughs) Come in, my child, out of the cold and listen From fairy tales to happenstance, the dice rule every random chance. Take off your coat and stay a while, we'll roll in that deep time. Hi everyone, it's Dave. So, the Palladium box is finally open. (laughs) Dropped a few little hints about Palladium over a couple of episodes. And finally, I've managed to smoke out (laughs) some of the Palladium love. I do want to clarify that yesterday... Alright, so it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before... Nearly got to the end of the month before the curse of the pre-recorded content struck. I didn't do too badly, did I, TJ? Because of RPG A Day, because of that theme of love, and because I was feeling the love for my fellow anchorites, I set myself the challenge of only saying positive things about the Palladium system, and I found plenty. I found myself, you will have heard in the episode, recovering some of that teenage love um, that hung around for a, for a good few years with Palladium. I do agree with a comment Che made a couple of episodes ago. The system is fundamentally broken. I can't see myself playing it anytime soon. Maybe Palladium Fantasy for, for nostalgia, but the more contemporary ones, I really enjoy thumbing, thumbing through the books, but you're not going to pick up and play those. Or, or, you know, th- those ways of writing RPGs have now been... Um, rightly superseded by tighter, smarter stuff. But here we are, I have these call-ins I'm going to play and respond to. I'm very grateful for them, particularly in this month of August where I resolved to put something out every day. Nearly there, I've succeeded so far. Um, Won't be doing it again in a hurry. May do it next August. If I'd picked up on RPG a day, um, I would have been I would have been doing that, and I have much admiration for the people that have stuck with that throughout August. Dave, I've just been listening to you wax lyrical about Palladium RPG, and I have to say, man, thanks for coming out. I think that's great, and I'm with you. It's the art, isn't it? It's the art and the ideas. I said, Symbiote, it's grab bag stuff. It's like grab all those ideas 
Um, I have to say, I'm pleased to hear someone else in the whole flipping RPG universe say something nice about Palladium because I've spent a fortune on that stuff too. Oh well. Um, I don't know what else to say, but cheers, man. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Jay. Yeah, I'm happy to have come out to the extent that I have with those caveats that I restated just before I played the responses. Actually, I enjoyed looking through these a lot more even than I thought I was going to. I mean, even as I look now, I've got them in front of me now. I've got, I'm looking at the cover of Rift's World Book 2, Atlantis. It's got another minion of Splugorth Slaver on the front and then a, uh, there's a, the classical columns behind a little dragon creature sat there on the floor and various Atlanteans, beautiful Atlanteans, walking about. I remember, I mean, every single one of these source books was a significant expense to me at the time. Um, you couldn't necessarily got them as soon as they came out. They seemed to pop them out with great alacrity. And you'd try to resist it. Oh, I don't need another source book. And then someone would bring it into school and they'd be like, wait until you see Atlantean tattooed warriors. Wait until you see the dragon dreadnought power armour. Even the first Rift source book I got was the Rift source book. I've got that here now. Um, I was like, no, I've got the Rift's core game. I don't need the source books. And then someone came in and said, wait until you see Triax Ultimax power armour. And you opened it up on this double page spread and you saw the Triax Ultimax. And every character now had that as their aim. I need to get enough money that I can buy the Triax Ultimax power armour. Of course, there's a player in the group who was a glitter boy. <laughs> their whole unique selling point in the Rift's core book was they had this awesome power armour and then in the first source book you open it up 42 43 it falls open <laughs> on the triax ultimax power armour and there you go a purchasable item it was really in the power of the gm to determine whether you could get hold of it or not which rendered entirely obsolete the whole point of being a glitter boy and that was another one of the problems with palladium i mean each new book just <laughs> just upped what do they call it power creep just upped the game i've got to have these weapons from these books even not only did they look cooler but they just bunged on an extra damage die just so that you had to buy them you had to get the book dave um Riffs, riffs uh, is like that that girl uh, that you dated in college for about a week, who was uh, terribly beautiful and mystical with all of this knowledge, and you realized um, after about a week, completely and totally unbalanced. And when you were done, you were just glad that you'd gotten out of the relationship without any ritual branding. But no, I, I completely hear you on Palladium and Riff's stuff. It's The artwork is beautiful, the ideas are wonderful, um, and I like all of those things about it. But yeah, the, system, the system's a hot mess. Hey, Jeff. You knew her too, huh? <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite um, Riff's memories was the first game of it that I ever played. The, uh, the GM gave me a book. It was a sci-fi western kind of setting. It said, go make a character. And I made this kind of uh, uh, western sheriff. Only he read a, rode a speeder bike and had a, a standard damage rifle. And I thought he was really cool. And then we showed up to play. And the guy next to me was basically playing a, a, a drug-addled uh, mecha uh, mobile artillery platform with uh, an arm cannon 
uh, that was far larger than my speeder bike. And I went, wow, I am not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So it was, it was, it was the virtue and the vice, wasn't it? I mean, the appeal was constantly getting the new source books, seeing the, but even, even the core book, even the core book, there was no pretense at balancing any of these options. Why you would want to be the vagabond character class, which had, which had no special equipment or abilities, a scattering of skills when you could be the Samas pilot or the full conversion Borg or even the dragon. <laughs> But they were there, and it got crazier and crazier as the source books went on. Hey Dave, Jason here. I feel like I'm almost spamming your comments. I apologize about that for calling in so often. But I think what Palladium Games offered, obviously a lot of the ideas are really cool. You know, his if you look at the background for Palladium Fantasy, I actually like that better than some of the D&D stuff. You know, TMNT was great. Um... The, uh, what was the invasion one? The um, Mechanoids invasion. Beyond the Supernatural had tons of neat ideas. Anyway, the ideas were neat, but the other thing, those crunchy systems, whether they worked or not, the crunchy systems offered something when you sit down and read the book, especially as a younger person, and you see all the options, and you're looking through all the skill lists and trying to think through building up, and it's a min-max thing, but looking at all the options and all the lists and everything, I think that just really appeals to somebody, and that's why younger gamers are pulled towards D&D 3.5, you're pulled towards Pathfinder, pulled towards pulled towards things like the Palladium system because of those crunchy bits. So I think that's something Palladium had for it, especially in that time, you know, when we were growing up and, and grabbed those games. But they had some really neat ideas. Like you mentioned, the After the Bomb stuff, and initially that was still tied in with the TMNT, you know, license, but there were some really neat books in there, you know, neat rules. You had vehicle rules and plane rules and went into space, and so there's some really inventive things. And Rifts, of course, Rifts has, it's a kitchen sink environment, right? But, yeah, I think that's what it is, is the fiddly bits actually you know, they, they come to us. So that's why we liked games that were more complicated back when we were younger. And as we get older, I'm sorry, as I get older and my memory is not the same as it ever was, I prefer simpler games now. But I do look fondly on those older games. And like, I believe it was Shay, but one of your previous callers, I apologize to whoever said it. Like I said, my memory is not the same as it ever was. You know, why I've gone back and bought a lot of those books and bought a lot of the books in my youth. Not because I'll ever play them again, but just nostalgia. And paging through those, you know, paging through those books just brings back memories. You know, that's why I backed Mercenary Spies and Private Eyes at the highest level. That's why I bought a bunch of these old Palladium books. That's why I've got some of these old role-playing games that there's no way I'll ever play them again. But I just, you know, it's just a nostalgia thing. So, anyway, maybe I linked all those three, what, three, four messages, whatever, I left all together seamlessly. Probably not. But, and don't feel a need to publish this. But I think that's the key to it, is that filliness and nostalgia. So, take care. Bye. Jason, thanks again. No need to apologize. It's, it's, it's call-ins like this that have helped me to keep the content going during my entirely unnecessary personal challenge to put something out every day in 
August. I very appreciate these call-ins. And I think you've got it right, Jason. It appealed to the enthusiast and the collector. You liked having more and more options, more and more details, more and more things you could impress your friends and other players with. I will say, though, even then... I never much enjoyed the combats. I mean, we always used to play in the playground. It was hard to roll dice and things like that. So a lot was fudged and hand-waved in those days. Um, but, but I just, I, I even felt then, you know, oh, I, wish, I wish I had more of a sense that someone had put this together more carefully. Do you know what I mean? More trust in the designers to have actually made sure that this was a fulfilling experience which is why even at the time i used to think what you know could this be done more simply and with a different system and is why um if i ever picked up rifts again it would be uh run running with a different game system yeah, good point also. The Roadhogs sourcebook for After the Bomb had this amazing Mad Max-style vehicle creation rules. Um, there were similar ones in the Ninjas and Super Spies book, actually, for creating your, uh, your secret agent supercar that were, yeah, just fantastic. Things you didn't even know that you needed <laughs> until you saw the sourcebook. I mean, here's the thing. It was said for years that the Rift's world is amazing and imaginative, but the system's no good. Please, Kevin Ciembieda, can you license Rift's to another company or for another system so we can combine the Rift's world with a decent rule set and he resisted and resisted he resisted all kinds of things he had almost had an obsession with losing his with losing his rights uh, or with being exploited I don't know how justified any of that was but there was a pretty good recent development I don't know whether it set the world on fire but I did back the Kickstarter for the Savage Worlds rifts it did occur to me that Savage Worlds was ideally placed to deal with um, the kind of large-scale big weapons combat uh, that rifts requires and I got hold of those so he finally did allow this to happen they're pretty good they're pretty good but they only attempt some of the core character classes i think um so you can do your glitter boy and various things there's again there's no attempt to balance any of it they in fact in fact in a sense i think they misrepresent in the savage worlds books the way that kevin cmba thought that riffs work they call it a kind of gonzo kitchen sink setting i don't think cmba ever saw himself as gonzo and kitchen sink i actually think he, he he comes over incredibly serious about this world that he's building. Um, but anyway, the Savage Worlds, it's pretty good. It's worth picking up. I haven't run it yet. Um, inevitably, your characters end up being a little bit more fiddly, more moving parts. It's a bit like a Savage Worlds um, superheroes game, which, which is more complex to run than, a, than, a, than most Savage Worlds games, but, but, but manageable. Um, and the Savage Worlds system is, is robust and well tested and can cope with it my plan at some point 
is to convert some of the Atlantean character classes from the Atlantis world book into the Savage Worlds game and run a Savage Worlds Atlantean game. I think that would be a blast. That's a particular part of the setting which I really enjoy. Atlantean vampire hunters. Um, yeah, and I'll probably offer it at a con at some point. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. That's enough Palladium for now, but I don't think for good. Thanks again to Che Webster of Roleplay Rescue, Jeff from Tome of All Dooms podcast, and Jason for the call-ins. And I'll catch you tomorrow for my last one in August. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, Email dpercentile at gmail.com or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.